Hello and welcome back to Wittenberg Radio. It is Wednesday, October the 28th of 2015. My name is Nolan Kaler. I'm Daniel Friesen. And of course, at any time, you can always catch up to all things Wittenberg Radio. We are on Twitter at Wittenberg Radio, Facebook page Wittenberg Radio as well. Email us your comments, questions, concerns, favorite recipes, whatever you want at WittenbergRadio at gmail.com. Daniel, I sound like a person again. Yeah. This is uh, fun. You're, you're, you know, at least three octaves higher. <laughs> Turn to your your ter- tenor glory. Finally, gosh, yeah. Last week I sounded like a late night jazz radio host. What was that? What do we call it? The after dark. After dark. That was the after dark episode. Today it's full noon. Full high noon episode of Wittenberg Radio today, and it is chock full. We are going to be chatting with Adina Lilpato and Samantha Clausen of the Students for Freedom Road Movement in just a little bit. But first. It's time for Craig's Corner Live. This past week, if you may not have heard, given all the election, uh, maybe post-election trauma that you may have experienced, just for the sheer lack, just for like the sheer amount of information and like change that came our way. But the Toronto Blue Jays were also playing in the uh, American League Championship Series of Major League Baseball. It's the first time that the Blue Jays have gotten this far since 1993, and of course. The whole nation rallied around this team, and they fell just short, falling in Game 6 to the Kansas City Royals, who move on to take on the New York Mets in the World Series. For lots of you, for lots of you, that was probably just like a bunch of words that didn't really mean anything, but that's okay, because we've got Craig here to break it down, columnist for the Red River Valley Echo, and defenseman for the Altona Maroons, who have their first exhibition game on Thursday. It's Craig Newfold. Hello. Hey Nolan, thanks for the big intro once again. <laughs> Are you ready for Thursday? What's the what's the situation going to be? No one, no one's ready for Thursday, no but that's all right. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out once we get there. Good, that's always the right thing to do in yep. in that's hockey. preseason. Yeah, it's yeah, who cares? Exactly. It's all fine. We'll figure things out. So, the Blue Jays. Did you you watch the final game? Watched the, the final game. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, watched for the most part, and um, yeah, David Price did his thing. Um, and he did it well. He he pitched a bunch of great games uh, during the year, and that was a that was a big concern coming in. He hasn't won a playoff game. He still hasn't won a playoff game. But he did his thing, and uh, he did the, his thing of not winning playoff he games. Did his, he, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could take it that way. I guess sure. Thinking critically here, Daniel. David uh, Price being an all-star pitcher who throws exceptionally well, and the Jays acquired him. Uh, towards the end of July, in hopes that he would bring them to a World Series, but just falling just short what was the factor that the blue jays needed to be in that championship right now in your eyes uh they needed to score runs uh and which is funny to say because all they did was score runs all year but when it came down to it uh when they're not playing in the rogers center all they relied on really was the home run ball and you saw that in the final game yet too jose batista hits a hits a uh, solo solo home run and then he hits a two-run home run to tie it up and everyone's thinking here we go again. He does it again. They're going to win this game. They're going to win the series. But when you have runners on first and third in the ninth inning, correct? Mm-hmm. First and third in the ninth inning, no outs. You got to be able to score them. You got to cash. You got to cash a run, and whether it's laying down a bunt, whether it's just getting a hard ground ball, soft ground ball, whatever it is, you need to put a ball in play, mm-hmm. and you can't uh, can't be out there swinging for the fence. And that's I guess what cost him in the end. Let's talk about Batista a little bit more because he was really. The heart and soul of this team. If those of you who don't know, Jose Batista is a raid fielder for the Jays, and he is known for hitting lots of home runs. And he's also known a bit for his attitude. I don't know if anyone saw. There's a fiery Dominican he's attitude. He's a very yep. fiery personality. Uh, there is a 
a home run he hit in the first series that would probably go down for the ages in terms of throwing his bat after the home run. Yeah. Just like odd. Yeah, the bat the bat flip was definitely heard across Canada. I heard it. <laughs> I heard it as I was watching the game. Considering that it also coincided with uh Justin Trudeau being yes. uh announced being announced to have, have won and so then all the memes, the mashups of the mashups, the Trudeau of, bat flip. Mm-hmm. Then. Yep. So talk yeah. about so talk about uh, what a, a personality like Batista brought to those watching the game. There are definitely two sides to this argument. Um, obviously, watching watching that game as a Jays fan, I I'm cheering for the Jays. I see after they a controversial Rangers take the lead, and then errors after errors for the for the Rangers in the next inning um and then Jose Batista steps to the plate and and hits a bomb that's I I think I blacked out and just kind of like started cheering I don't even know but uh but no seeing the bat flip I was like like I was excited like if you if you do something good in sports you should be able to celebrate you should because if you're not if you're not excited about what you do why do you why are you playing the sport right then of course the Rangers pitcher comes on and says you have no respect for the game you have no you have mm-hmm. no this you have no that grow up stuff like that and I disagree I completely disagree if someone does something good in sports you should be able to celebrate I guess um, I don't know if I score a goal in hockey or should I just hang my head and go skate to the bench or like what's what's the deal mm-hmm. there so so that's that's my argument on that um, when Batista gets mad he plays he plays well but where's the line though because like there's a showboating penalty in football yep so yeah, there should there be a similar penalty in other sports like what if that at bat had flown and hit someone else in the head or something like that yeah you know, no, where's exactly. the line there yep and i mean there there is a penalty if if your bat does make contact with the catcher when you throw it i think you're you're automatically out that's uh that is a rule so if i think there there are kind of rules in place but yeah no i i do agree that excessive celebration could as well be too much but who's who's to discuss where the line is you know we are because we have opinions and a microphone <laughs> right and I love here. microphones and opinions. Another wild season for the Jays coming to a close. Craig, the country rallied around this team so mm-hmm. much. The hashtag come together was everywhere you looked. What was it about this year in particular? It, like if you had watched the Jays in June or even early July, this kind of hype would not have been there. But what were the factors that brought this country to say, wow, we are all going to unite around this Toronto franchise? Well, I mean, as as basic as it is, they were good. That's what it comes down to. They hadn't been good for, what is it, 20 years? Yeah. 15-ish. Yeah, 23 years. 23 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't been good for 23 years. So I think Canada was just kind of waiting, like, hey, I want to cheer for this team, but... I don't want to be embarrassed at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've been a Jays fan my whole life, and I hadn't really flaunted about it until until this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just it was the acquisitions early on, like Donaldson in the off season, um, Pilar making the roster, like he he was outstanding in the outfield. Uh, Donaldson, the third baseman, traded for Brett Laurie, who was just a head case. So so it was moves like that early on. They were good, and you can tell they were good. Their record just didn't show yet. And then a couple more moves at the trade deadline, and mm-hmm. everyone kind of all of a sudden realize that wait a second something special is going to happen here mm-hmm. and and even the story of Marcus Stroman coming back from ACL tearing his ACL coming back and pitching unbelievably well um in the back half or in the back and late month of the season uh and the playoffs yet too so many good stories that you can just right kind of build your build your fandom a part of mm-hmm. 
last question to you, Craig. Do you see this hype continuing on into next season as April rolls around and baseball starts up again? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I've, I've seen some of the interviews with the players. I've, the general manager, him as well, says he's going to work on signing all the players that they need to come back. All the players are they have that fire in them now like they know they should have been in the world series they know they that's where they want to be so that's they're going to do anything everything it takes to get there and now that they're exciting to watch again i think the the fans will remember that coming into spring even though spring baseball isn't as exciting obviously as fall baseball i think the fans will still remember that and if the jays get hot again canada's going to come together canada's going to come together you've heard it here first from craig newfolt on craig's corner live craig writes in the red river valley echo you can read all of these fine words in print. And good luck in your game on Thursday. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks yeah. for having me. You're listening to Wittenberg Radio on uh, this podcast. The I was, I'm so used to you saying like a network it's name. It's the interwebs. It's the interweb. Or our own network. Yes. I'm so used to saying I guess technically network. we're a production of CMUSC, so we could be the CMUSC sure. You're network. listening to Wittenberg Radio on CMU Student Council Airwaves or Internet. And as always, you can chat interwaves. with us. Right. You can chat with us online. We are at Wittenberg Radio on Twitter. And um, we are also a Facebook page, Wittenberg Radio. And, of course, email us anytime with your thoughts, comments, and concerns. Which, there shouldn't be any. I don't think we've ever gotten a concern, have we? Um, trying to think if there's any concerns. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. None that comes to mind immediately. Be the first. Please be the first. Okay. Now we've transitioned into our new guests, and Craig is going to take off. And now we have two new guests here in front of us today. You may recall a number of weeks ago that Steve Bell was on this show, and he mentioned the idea of having a student movement for bringing justice to Shoal Lake 40, which, if you'll remember, is a small island First Nations community in need of a road uh, to it to build a water to build a water treatment facility, which will alleviate the decades-old boil water advisory that the community has been under and will give them better infrastructure to connect to the outside world. Fast forward a month, and there is a student movement up, running, and thriving here on campus. Students for Freedom Road has created petitions, been selling merchandise by donation, and is leading a delegation of students to visit Shoal Lake 40 in the coming days, these among many other activities that this student movement has undertaken. This movement has sparked interest outside the CMU community as well, and are now connecting with high schools and other universities as well, including the University of Winnipeg, I believe. Adina Lilpertow, head of the Witness Through Service Committee on the CMU Student Council, and Samantha Clausen, co-head of the Peace and Sustainability Committee, are two of the key figures leading the Students for Freedom Road movement here on our Shaftesbury campus, and they join us now in studio. Hello. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> hey, Nolan. Well, thank you for being here, and we really appreciate you coming in. Um, I'm going to pose this first question to both of you. I'm going to start with you, Samantha. Um, how uh, Do you remember when was the first time you became aware of the situation at Shoal Lake 40? It was last winter when Winnipeg experienced a, was it a day and a half boil water advisory? Yes. I remember reading mm -hmm. an editorial in the Free Press talking about here we are complaining, oh, we don't have clean water to drink. Well, Shoal Lake has not had clean water to drink for 18 years. So let's uh, get our priorities in line here. That was my first time hearing about the issue. Hmm. Adina? Yeah, around the same time, uh, same situation. Um, I was talking with some friends, and they brought it up. And I remember having heard about it when I was younger, but it was just nothing that I was too cognitively responsive to. Hmm. 
Now, it's a big like it's a big undertaking to get something like this going, uh, especially like starting a, such a, a, a vibrant free, a vibrant movement here on campus. Where does one start in organizing something like this? Like what, what are the first steps to start mobilizing students? Well, the first thing was after Steve's uh, chapel. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of us came and talked to him afterwards, and uh, we we got together and and said, "Hey, let's let's jump on this. Let's talk about how to do this." So, I emailed Steve and uh, or his assistant and said, "Hey, can can you make it to a meeting next week?" And we put up posters, an open invitation, put it in the daily, and I think we had about twenty people come out. Yeah. Steve and his assistant Amy Knight came. And uh, we had a conversation about what could this look like. Uh, what were those first conversations um, like? Like, what, what was the, what was the what was the uh, the feel in the room like as we as you guys started up in uh, trying to plan something? Well, in the first meeting, we um, had Steve pretty much just discuss what exactly is going on in Shoal Lake mm. and what the situation is. Um, so it was more of a laying down what's going on and then from there uh, we had a smaller group of us get together to discuss to discuss what can we do what is actually possible for a student movement to do and it was a lot of asking questions and getting the answers for the questions so that we could have a foundation for this group what's um what's one way that students that have attended the meetings have uh maybe surprised you like there's been there's been a lot of action around this and from not even just like, you know, there's like, you know, sometimes in things like this, it could be like four or five really zealous people and then like, you know, a couple of stragglers on. But in this case, it seems as though most people are actively engaged in this issue. Um, what's been what's been one way that students have uh, surprised you in this regard? Well, there's been a, a good amount of people who have stepped up to um, to man the petition table, which mm-hmm. we got started last week. Um, people signing up saying hey I went to this high school I could talk to this principal and see if their school wants to get on board so I think there's been good response I think it's just um, the biggest thing is seeing how many people actually genuinely want to see the change and um, are willing to put in the time and the effort to do that because you get a lot of people who are like yeah you know this is a a difficult issue and I I really want to see it change but to actually have people that are willing to put in that time and commitment is something that's it's shocked me but it's a good thing you mentioned this briefly Samantha what can you tell us about um, how you've been networking with other students as well I mean it's one thing to get a, a movement here but to connect that across the city is something else entirely well I sent out an email I kind of just Google searched um, different schools found their their student councils their student group pages um, found some email addresses and names and sent out a mass email um, the first one we heard back from was the Fun Class Activism Group, group at UFW. So they mm. have about nine people. Well, Fun Class is larger. I'm not sure how many people are in Fun Class, but they have a smaller committee now that's going to work on this issue. So one of their people came out to our last meeting, um, and I've been in contact with him, and they're working on um, a forum event for next week. Um, as a follow-up to, so this Friday there are, uh, about seven city councillors and a dozen other people going out to visit Shoal Lake um, with the idea that the councillors can become more educated about the situation and hear stories and hopefully start to actively work toward putting this in the city budget, which is in the process of being formalized right now. So as a follow-up to that, uh, John from Fun Class and I are, are 
well, and some others are, are working on planning a, a forum where hopefully there might be a blanket ceremony and some mm. other some other um, formal s- ceremonies and also hopefully counselors to speak about their experience hmm. going out to the community. So a forum here on campus? Or? We're hoping for a lunchtime forum at MARPEC. This will be Thursday okay. next week. And then an evening forum with the larger community at U of W. Okay. That's in the works. That's exciting. <laughs> Um, you also mentioned now this delegation that's going to Shoal Lake for you. What can you tell us uh, about that? Well, this was an idea that was started, I think, from Churches for Freedom Road, which is Steve Bells is a member of that group. They said um, what we need right now is, like I said, for the city to get on board with this. Um, and so Mayor Bowman had gone out to the community uh, in the summertime and he had basically said every city councillor needs to go because once once you see the devastation that that community faces, there's no way you cannot help out. I haven't been myself, but that's mm. that's what I've been told. Um, so yeah, they there's been planning going on now for about a month, and um, various members of Churches for Freedom Road and other groups, MCC and show, uh, and Honor the Source, Council of Canadians have been meeting one on one with councillors and inviting them to come to this event. And now about half of the councillors are, are able to make it. So, wow, this is like this is big. This is really really big. Yeah. And yeah, so the hope here is that like when st- when students and others see the devastation, that this will also elicit motivation as well having not seen it yourselves personally what motivates you guys to do this well i grew up in a small northern community and like she'll like there's no roads there so it's it's difficult to access sometimes so hmm. personally speaking if i was on a boil water advisory if i didn't have any of that that would be something that I don't know how I'd be able to handle it. Even just in Winnipeg, you saw how the city shut down from not having water for a day and a half. I couldn't imagine going years without that. Um, as well, like small northern community, we have a large Aboriginal population, and just that um, advocacy on behalf of them is something that I'm very interested in because mm. I've seen it and I've learned about it in school and in my family and family values and traditions my entire life. So it's something that personally I I'm really for hmm. what are other ways that students can get involved in this movement as it, as it continues I think signing the petition is the big one right now um, that's kind of where we're at as well as the forum that we're planning so students could definitely come out to that um, the like the network of organizations that I mentioned earlier were kind of um, friends of show like 40 that we're, we haven't talked very much further than, than this uh, delegation on Friday, but we're hoping that that will, be, that will make the difference. Um, I mean, it's been huge that with the new government is very much in support of this project. Um, the former government had been very resistant and mm. not, didn't seem very interested in making anything happen. So there's been a huge shift there. So if this has the impact on the city councillors that we're hoping it does, that means the road could possibly be underway very soon. So it's looking like it's, you know, it's it's within reach. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just the road. After that, there needs right. to be a water treatment plant built. 
there needs to be all kind of work done so that this community can become economically stable and vibrant again. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's the 18 other communities, isolated communities in Manitoba that have the same problem of mm. not having a permanent road um, and therefore being isolated and cut off from Canada and the economy. And as far as students doing things at the moment, just making your um, your beliefs known in public and so on Facebook, joining our Facebook group that we have going on Students for Freedom Road. Um, on Twitter, we have a Twitter account going, um, hashtagging and just posting articles mm -hmm. and just letting people know that this is something, um, the best way to get other people involved is for you to tell them what's going on. Right. Uh, what are those hashtags so we can get the word out here? Hashtag solidarity. Solidarity. Ha hashtag I am for Freedom Road. It. Hashtag students for Freedom Road. Nice. Hashtag honor the source. Hashtag show like 40 or SL40. There's lots. Wow. There's also um, Rochelle Gerard designed some amazing stickers that you yes. can uh, get at the petition table by donation. And that money mm -hmm. can help support the, the Museum of Human Rights Violations, which is the kind of the um, on the show like 40 uh, community. That's hmm. that's their way of the, their advocacy kind of platform. So. Mm -hmm. And that petition is located in the Marpet, correct? Yeah. Yes, okay. I also understand that there's been some uh, salsa involvement in this movement. Uh, I think this was uh, your community's doing, Sammy. You want yeah. to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so Peace and Sustainability Committee, back when um, the CNU Farm was advertising that there was a gleaning day, one of our, our committee members, Marta, stepped up and said, hey, we should go glean tomatoes. And we said, yeah, sure. So we got like four grocery bags full of tomatoes. And we said, what are we going to do with these? And so we had a one of our meetings. We spent chopping tomatoes. And we said, hey, why don't we make food for this, for the feast that's going to be happening on Friday at this delegation? Um, so it's sort of like a, a double whammy for peace and sustainability. Um, and so, yeah, tomorrow, tonight, tonight, today's tonight. Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah, there's uh, salsa making going on. And that'll be, um, some of that will go to on Friday to the community awesome that's that's really exciting to hear um, there is a promise you mentioned a bit earlier Sam about uh, government support as well um, what is your hope for the Trudeau government the federal government that is coming in has pledged money to Shoal Lake um, what will this do for the other than obviously support it but what like what's this gonna do to push this project even further well, That's I mean, a big question, they, I know. <laughs> they need the formal commitment of money to be able to borrow money against to get the project started. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's fairly straightforward. I think, though, that there's been, you know, there's been apologies for the damage that's been done over the centuries to Indigenous people. But it's a different thing when you actually start to build the things that are going to start making the change. Right. So I think that this is a really significant step i mean yeah it's the first of, of 18 isolated communities and that's just manitoba you know there's um such a large extent of issues but we're you know we're coming out of the truth and reconciliation commission um that truth telling is still very important um but it looks like this could be one thing where we move toward reconciliation doing hmm. as well this is always the important step right right it's just like Words are one thing, and words do mean a lot, but it's another thing to take that even further and, like, do restorative actions, mm -hmm. which is something that you guys are also doing, and I commend you on that as well. 
Yeah. Gina, how is this personally affecting your, uh, like how is being involved in this affecting you personally? Being involved in this, um, personally I just, I appreciate that there's something going on on behalf of these people. Um, I don't know, small communities, they thrive off of each other and they thrive off of the support of outgoing people. Um, and so just to see these people band together, the people of Winnipeg, the people of mm. the government to come together f on behalf of a small community, that that really, it hits close to home. So how does it affect me personally? Well, it makes me very happy and it makes me very appreciative of the work that's being done. Um, just to know that no matter how small the community, no matter how big the problem, there's always going to be somebody listening and somebody mm. wanting to help you. Sam, uh, what about for you? What are, what are the big takeaways from this project uh, for you? Well, it's interesting because I haven't done, I haven't taken any courses on Indigenous relations, um, anything like that. I haven't studied things like lots of people at CMU have. I've kind of been learning on the ground and it's been a huge learning curve. It's kind of like one step behind all the time, but um, it's been amazing meeting with with people from from the Sholik community with churches for freedom road folks and learning from them learning how they're organizing themselves learning how a student movement comes together um kind of from the ground up it, so yeah it's amazing stuff what are you mentioned that beyond this um this delegation going out to visit there wasn't much talk of what happens after that in terms of the um other groups involved in uh, friends for Shoal Lake, friends of Shoal Lake, what would your next ideal steps be as this movement continues? Really encouraging for the the money that has been pledged to be put on the budget so that it can actually start happening. So um, there's been talk of a student rally in support of this outside of City Hall at some point, hmm. um, as well as just getting more petitions and more. A community support and a voice going out to these people to get them to actively say and on paper say we are financially supporting this here is what we're going to do. Hmm. I also had a conversation with a few people from the community about a bigger project more long-term project that would give youth and children from the community the opportunity to share their stories hmm. um, in the form of artwork and writing there's, there is a magazine in Winnipeg that's new, it's called Red Rising, um, which is Youth Indigenous Voices. So I think that, yeah, that really hasn't gone any further than just an idea stage yet. But it's something that makes me really excited to, yeah, to imagine having some kind of exhibit where we can see the artwork of, you know, the elementary school kids who have spent their whole life knowing nothing but boiled water and the high school kids who have to live away from home and go to school in Kenora and other places because there's there's just no opportunities in their home. Hmm. Well, as this continues, this movement, we, we hope to continue to touch base with you guys and uh, you should be commended for your work because it's really, really important. So thank you very much for doing that. And thank you for being here today. Thank Thanks. you. That was Adina Loperso, head of the, Peace, uh, of the Witness Through Service Committee on CMU Student Council, as well as Sam Clausen, who is a co-head of the Peace and Sustainability Committee here on Student Council as well. And they joined me to talk about Students for Freedom Road, which is an amazing movement. You've got to go check out that petition. It's in Marpet Commons. Um, what days? 
Uh, most afternoons is what we're shooting for. Most afternoons. So if you're in the Marpet comments in the, any weekday afternoon, you're probably going to find this petition. Check them out. They've got the stickers there as well. Um, so we can, yeah. Hold. And there's t-shirts for sale for $25 each. There you go. What more incentive do you need? <laughs> so be sure to sign that petition, petition, folks. It's super, super important. Okay. Let's Thank get you. to the sports updates of the week. Well, you may know that soccer took place this past weekend and it was the MCAC finals and men's soccer lost 2-0 to University of St. Boniface in the MCAC finals in Auburn on Sunday, which is a tough loss for those guys, but we'll get them on the, on the gym floor when we start up futsal, of course. Women also fell in the semifinals 2-1 to Red River. So great seasons, you guys. You really did us proud. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the futsal court where we tend to win most of our stuff. We gotta defend that title, you know. Um, also, uh, men's and women's volleyball both took victories against St. Boniface. There we go, revenge. Not that we believe in that, but you know, it's a happy circumstance. Only on the court. Right. <laughs> women also fell in five sets to the College Westman. That's an encouraging sign though, uh, taking it against the Westman early on in the year so well done what else is coming up dan what else we got we got well, we got the fall ball thursday night starting at 8 30 in the Boom. great hall the theme is night at the cinema are you gonna be there dan uh probably not <laughs> drawing a blank there's something i'm doing on thursday i can't think of what it is though okay hypothetically if you were going to a night at the cinema okay. dance yeah what would you what would you dress up as what would I dress up as? I I would dress up as um, Christian Bale throwing his his tantrum from uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, from the Dark Knight. There. Oh, like the I'm trying to think of which scene that is. That's the. No, it's not in the movie. It's a it's an outtake. Oh. He's yelling at the lighting guy who's walking in the is shot. He? And he's distracting him. Yeah. That's that's old, old, old. That's so funny. There. I gotta check that out. It's a big. It was a big uh, famous meltdown. Oh, good. Sounds like an actor. That's just the first thing that came to my head. I don't know Funny. if I dress up as that. Mm -hmm. This weekend, sports teams are also in action. The basketball teams are starting up their uh, games as well. The women and men face off against Dakota College at Botno on Saturday on the road in the States. Sunday sees them tip off against the Turtle Mountain Mighty Mickinox. Not sure what that is. I've never heard that team name before. Me neither. Well, Perhaps it's some kind of takeoff on Mighty, Mighty Mouse. I was going to say Mighty Ducks. Or Mighty Ducks. Those are both fictional characters. Mm-hmm. But um, the Mighty Ducks are amazing. Um, Friday, okay, so Friday night also seems our volleyball teams here on our home court in action. They are facing off against the Assiniboine Cougars at 6 and 8 p.m. respectively. We were handed a, a missive right before we, uh, we came on air here. Uh, by Selena Hildebrand, and she, uh, she asked the following <laughs> questions. Do you like improv? Do you like clubs? Uh, being in them, that is. I like both Then you things. should come to CMU's very first improv club. Ooh. When? Every Thursday at 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Uh, it started on October 15th, so you're not too far uh, behind if you haven't uh, made it out thus far. Uh, where? It happens in D33, just across the wall from where we're recording right now. Who? Anyone that goes to CMU. Probably you could bring, bring a friend from outside, too, if you really wanted. Uh, what is an improv club? Well, an improv club is acting without lines and making it up on the spot, basically just playing games. Why would you do this? Because getting up and moving around is great, 
also using your brain is fun a fun creative way to uh hang out with cool people and uh test yourself in situations you may not normally find yourself in hmm. uh, how do you know the people there will be cool because they're an improv club uh, and how do you join you just show up so d33 every thursday 7 8 30 p.m if you have more questions contact selena hildebrandt on facebook or send an email to hildebrandse at student.cmu.ca and for those of you who are wondering that's right before the dance you can go to improv club and dance night of the cinema in the same night get all loosened up sure throw down so you don't throw your back out one more event to plug and that is a recital coming up on friday night songs to the moon featuring soprano anna bigland pritchard and rebecca Klossenweeb on the piano it's sure to be a fantastic night of music there it's free admission and there's a reception afterwards with various desserts and whatnot i always gain weight during recital season so i know this isn't even recital season really it's not. This is just the warm-up. This is like the warm-up for recital season. Yeah, cream puffs get for loosen- days. loosened up for dancing and uh, get warmed up for recital season when all you're going to eat is cream puffs and chocolate-covered strawberries. Cheese and crackers. That too. Fruit punch. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mar- uh, March is generally the uh, typical season for recitals. But you get a bonus one this year, and that happens on Friday, October 30th, 7 o'clock in the Law Dodd with Songs to the Moon featuring Anna Biglin Pritchard Soprano and Rebecca Klaus and Weave featuring a surprise cameo by yours truly oh yeah you'll have to show up to find out what it is mm-hmm. though. and featuring a surprise usher as well you'll have to show up and find out <laughs> as well you gonna wear a bow tie probably gonna wear I'm under bow tie. orders to wear a bow tie well I knew it so I knew was, it so was the other usher <clears throat> but that usher there's, there's other, other uh, usher the other usher is usher yeah wow yeah that's great yeah I you know what's he doing these days um, ushering at receptions per his name making love in this club possibly know. not this confessing, club confessing all kinds of things probably uh, falling in love because the DJ yes <laughs> all those things and others and others on that note it's time to wrap up Wittenberg Radio for another week always follow us on Twitter at Wittenberg Radio Facebook page Wittenberg Radio email us wittenbergradio at gmail.com my name is Nolan Kaler and I'm Daniel Friesen and we will see you next week see ya Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council the views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council